Amen. Are you in, are you in Second Peter? Father, thank you for the word of God. May it make a huge difference in our lives tonight and help us get a firm grip on what you're saying. And everybody said, amen. Well, we've gotten through First Peter and, and uh, uh, the, the theme of First Peter was this, progressing through this life into that life in the face of adversity and pressure. The where we get the theme is the, these uh, people that Peter was writing to were, were people who had been dispersed primarily because of persecution that happened in the church not very long after the church was born. And it says they were scattered or they were a part of the dispersion. Uh, and he called them what? He called them pilgrims. Everybody say, hey, pilgrim. They were temporary residents. Everyone say it's only temporary. In the circumstances of life that we go through in this life, it really is only temporary. The life you live on planet Earth is the shortest amount of time you'll ever live anywhere. It's all temporary. And so Peter shows up and with this letter and he explodes. I'm telling you, I see, I've seen it more so than ever before. When you go back to First Peter, he explodes on them with the blessings of God that we've experienced. He, man, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and then he just says, we have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled reserved in heaven for you. And, and he says, it's only temporary, this thing you're going through. If necessary, you're grieved for a little while. Hey, I get it. I understand it. And, and then the last few verses of, of first Peter, he says, may the God of all grace who called you unto this eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, he'll perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I just see Peter is jazzed when he's writing this letter, man. Uh, and uh, if he were typing it, he'd be blasting. But he, you know, he's whatever he's doing on parchments, man. He's exploding on these folks with, with the eternal perspective of God. Uh, and that, that this life is temporary, but that life is eternal. And uh, between here and there, <clears throat> there's, there's challenges. How many of you know there's challenges in this life? And so that's really kind of the overall theme. And if you miss some of it, it would be great for you to go back and, and, and get the, get, you know, you can subscribe to the podcast, uh, uh, whatever you want to do, and just kind of, kind of really establish yourself. So with that in mind, we're going to go to Second Peter, uh, and I'm going to give it a theme that, that is linked uh, to, the, to, to First Peter's theme. <clears throat> and the reality is he's writing basically to the same folks, uh, and here it is, uh, progress through this life into that life. And I wish it were up there, but it's not. Progress through this life into that life is fueled by what you know and who you know. Progress from this life into that life, the way it, that progress is fueled is by what you know and who you know. Everybody say what you know and who you know. So this letter really, in fact, as I'll share in a, in a moment, he's, he's shaking people to remembrance. And so he, wants, he doesn't want people to forget. He wants them to know some things. He wants them not to forget some things. In fact, it's just it's three chapters. Uh, really, two of the three chapters have to basically to do with, man, don't forget this. You better remember this. You better do this so you don't forget that. There's some things you need to know. And so the, the progress spiritually, the spiritual progress through this life into that life is fueled by important insight and knowledge that we need in our life and not only knowledge in our head, but a knowledge in our heart about who we know, okay? Everybody kind of got the theme, say, ooh, yeah, ooh, ee, ee, I got it. Everybody got it? All right, I got it. Look at your name and say, you got it, you got it, I got it. So it, until you get that, uh, hey, uh, you, you're going to be confused. So, so when I read through this and began to look at this this past week, it just was amazing to me how, how I, I saw this whole insight. Now, here's kind of a keynote verse along those lines. If you go to uh, chapter 3, verse 1, look what he says about this letter he's writing. Beloved, I, know, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which, speaking of the first epistle, 
and the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of what? Reminder. You know what he just said there? This letter is about reminding you about some things. I'm stirring up your pure minds by way of reminder. That, that phrase stir up means to awaken fully, to arouse from sleep, to awaken to some reality in life. And, and so here we find Peter, he comes in this second letter. He says, man, I just feel I have this compunction. I have this compulsion, if you will, to remind you about some key ingredients. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, 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 I don't see anybody. Anybody going off to college? Uh, uh, nobody going off to college. Anybody going on a trip? Your mom, you still live at home. You remember those things, you know, when your kids are going on a journey or whenever they're going to, even going to school. I mean, did you get your lunch? Did, do you have your homework? Did you do this? Have you called this? What is, what are, what do parents, uh, do when it comes to transition times and, children's lives. They are always reminding them about things. And, and you know what, Beverly and I have learned, uh, even with our grown kids, that we still want to do that for them, but we have to cloak it in different ways uh, because they're grown adults now. Uh, and so, you know, we have to say, man, boy, uh, I don't know how you do it. It's hard to do where they don't think you're hounding them. But here's Peter with that same thing in his heart about these people on this journey. He said, I wrote the, these last two letters. He said, the reason I'm writing these letters is because I want to stir up some remembrance. I want you to awaken to some truth that you must have that will, that is vitally necessary to get you from this life into that life. Now, now if everybody got it, so I got it. I got it. Everybody got it. Okay. I just had to double check there. And so, Really, uh, with that in mind, I want to give it to you in these two ways. Peter is, therefore, therefore, because of what I just said, therefore, Peter's on a war path in this book against the forgetful nature of man. How many of you know, by nature, a lot of us are forgetful? And how many of you know, we remember things that are important, right? For example, I remembered I needed to make sure I sent my PowerPoint. I just was uninformed with what I had already sent. I sent something, but it was the wrong thing. Okay. Uh, I, 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 this morning I just was so in my head. Now, before I forget it, I'm going to email this to Ike. So when I, uh, you know, so I don't, and I did all that and it still messed up. Uh, but hey, uh, we've got, we've, Paul's on a war path with the body of Christ, with these people for them not to forget key ingredients, key elements, vitally important information to get them from this life into that life. Okay? And so we're going to sh- I'm going to show you that in a moment. But how many of you know the children of Israel, th- they were forgetful, right? Oh, my OMG. One of the biggies that just befuddles me is this statement that they made in the process of moving out of Egyptian bondage into the promised land. How many of you know sometimes there's a span of time between your amen and there it is? So in the process, you've got to be, make sure you got some knowledge and some insight. The children of Israel, in a little bit of a pinch, they said, we had it better in Egypt. You brought us out here to kill us. Better in Egypt? How many of you know they forgot how bad it was in Egypt, all right? In fact, let me slip ahead uh, to chapter 2, verse 22. Let me show you this. But it has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, We'll look at that a little more later. But what he's saying is, people forget how bad the pig pen was. They 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 forget what made them sick in the first place, and they go back and they partake of it again. Why? Because they forget. All right. So this whole book, well, it's it's three three chapters. One small letter is just explodes with with Peter. Man, you got to remember these things. Okay, with that in mind, let's walk through chapter one. I wish I could read the whole, um, I don't have my, let me see here. Oh, I have my phone, so I am bound by time. Okay, here we go. Uh, 
I wish I could read it all. I'm going to walk through some of it. I'm going to read some of it. And, and I'm going to show you this theme of remembrance and things you know and who you know. Here we go. Beginning. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained the like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God, uh, of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the what? The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 2, that kind of knowledge, there's different kinds of knowledge in Scripture. This, the Greek here is epignosis. Everybody say epignosis. It's a full discernment, a almost an inner heart knowing. How many of you know you can have some knowledge here, but then when you know it here, when somebody says, I love you, it hits here, right? Well, they said they loved me. I know they said they love me. But when you experience their love personally, you can say, I know they love me. And so that's the kind of knowledge here it is. He said, he, he just jumps into the middle of it. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the relational heartfelt knowledge of our Lord and Savior, uh, uh, of Jesus Christ our Lord. So it all begins with this declaration that, hey, it's, it's who you know that makes this letter pertinent here. You have a intimate heart knowledge of Jesus Christ. Okay, and he says this, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the what? Everybody say the knowledge of him. Different word here. It's gnosis, not epignosis. It's G-N-O-S-I-S, gnosis. It's really just, I'll say it this way. It's just head knowledge. All right, but he says, he says this, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Now, we already have the relational knowledge of Him, and now He's saying the, the facts and the figures, if you will, about Him. And it says, when you get the... F I know you know Him, but because you get the facts about Him straight, guess what happens? When you get the knowledge of Him... It releases divine power in your life. The more you know Him and the more you know about Him. It's hugely important from getting from point A to point B. Okay? He, go, he says, Through the knowledge of Him who called you by glory and virtue, by which has given to us exceeding great precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then he says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue what? Knowledge. Now, let me, let me just tell you, head knowledge is not enough. Experiential knowledge is not enough. Let me just say, every church has a big challenge. The big challenge is this. You've got to get the facts, but you also have to have the faith. You have to have faith in Him. But you also have to have to have the facts. Listen, and here's what Peter's saying. You got the knowledge of him, that epignosis knowledge. But now you know what you need? You need to add the facts. You need to get the, you need, hey, there's some things that you need to know about him. You know him. There's some things you need to know about him. Everybody say, I got it, Pastor. Now, and then he says this. He says, uh, he starts uh, uh, telling them, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And he goes through some uh, uh, things that we need to add into our life. I may come back to this next week. Uh, you read it later, but, you know, it's add knowledge to, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness. In other words, these are things we need to add into our life, to brotherly kindness, love. Now catch verse 8 and 9. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the epignosis of our Lord Jesus Christ. That relationship you have with Him, when you add these things into your life, you, you, you're, and he'll, he'll hammer the Word of God here in just a minute. When you get the relationship going and you get the facts going, divine power is happening in your life and you start adding these characteristics into, into your repertoire of business and life, on planet Earth, moving from here to there. Guess what? You'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in your relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So that's why, that's why I said progress through this life into that life is fueled by what we know and who we know. He's, and then he says this. Everybody go OMG. Look in verse nine. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has what? Forgotten that he was cleansed from his own sins. See, he's ha- he is on a war path against ignorance and forgetfulness. Some things you just cannot forget. Some things you cannot, hey, from this life to that life, there's some things you need to add to this relationship. Oh, I love the Lord, but hey, you gotta, you've gotta love Him and you've gotta know Him and you've gotta know about Him. You gotta know who He is and His, and, and, and you've gotta add this. You gotta, you gotta be, uh, uh, proactive in building a life that brings honor to God, uh, and causes you to be fruitful in your relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you don't want to be unfruitful in your relationship with Jesus Christ? And, and, and that's the whole purpose of this life. How many of you realize that? The purpose of this life is not to take up space. Ho, 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 ho. Trudging through this life. That's not what life's all about. It's about being fruitful for Him. And so, man. And then, let me jump back in. Uh, Peter knows he's about to die. Now, I don't know why. He, he, he knows his time is short. Uh, and let me just say, this, this letter was written. We know historically that Peter died somewhere around 67 to 68 A.D. So we know it's, I think he knows that his time is short, and it may, we don't know why he knows that, but, but look what he says here. In verse 12, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind, here we go, remind you always. Everyone say, remind you always. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with some good, strong reminder? He said, I think it is right. Oh, I'm going to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in this present truth. In other words, it would be, the tendency would be, Peter, we know this, we got this. Back off, we got it. He said, I don't care. I know you know it, and I know you're established in it, but I'm going to keep reminding you about it. It must be important. Okay? Now, look what he says. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, that is his body, to stir you up by reminding you, there it is again, knowing that shortly I must put off this tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. In other words, he said, I'm going to haunt you about these things. He's built a system. He, he built a post-mortem system of reminder and remembrance about the key elements of foundational uh, uh, faith and walking with God and all the necessary things you need to add into your life. How many of you get in the picture that he's on a war path against forgetfulness? Because that's kind of our nature. And then verse 20 of that chapter. I just got to read this part about the, the Word of God because we'll come back to it. In verse 19, uh, oh gosh, okay, verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory which, when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He's talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. And who was on the Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus, James and John, And who else? Moses and Elijah. Am I right? That, that's some kind of seminar. And that's where Peter popped up when he shouldn't have. And he said, let's just build a temple up here. Three churches, one for y'all, one for y'all. And that's where, the, where it says, God interrupts Peter's plans. And he says, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. You got it? Remember that? Okay. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. 
Now catch this. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do will, well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. I butchered that a little bit, but here's what he's saying. We heard his voice on this mountain. But this scripture you have is more valid and right and true than that experience you had or that I had on the mountain. So there he again balances the facts with the relation. You understand? And he's, 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 there, this word of God is so paramount and important. Uh, and then verse 20, he says, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God. Oh, ver, pardon me. Verse 20. Knowing this first. Everyone say, knowing this first. Now that's, that, that word knowing is gnosko. To know absolutely. It's not just gnosis, which is just facts and figures, or, or epignosis, which is a relational knowledge. It, it's a knowledge that you, you've come to know something absolutely. Listen, that, that validates the importance and the preeminence of the Word of God in our life. Knowing this first, absolutely knowing. You see, one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest attacks that the church has undertaken for, for, for centuries is the attack on the validity of God's Word. And that's been happening since Adam and Eve. Did you know that? What did the devil ask Adam and Eve? Did God, did God say that? Did God, are you sure God said that? Ah, he couldn't have said that. And if he said that, he, the reason he said that, it, it was, it's an attack on the word of God. So here comes Peter. Uh, uh, I started saying, here comes Peter Cottontail, but I've resisted that. It came into my head. I'm thinking, I'm a sick man. Why those things pop in my head? I do not know. Here comes Peter and <laughs> get it out of your heads now. I should not have said that. <laughs> he says, he says this, he says, listen, to get from this life to that life, you got to hold this prophetic scripture that you have as this is first priority. Okay. So now chapter two, we're going to come back to it briefly. Chapter 2 is a huge warning against false teachers. We're going to come back to it. But I want to follow, you follow with me this theme of Paul being on a warpath against the forgetful nature of men. Go to chapter 3, uh, verse 2. Uh, it says that, well, he says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both by which I stir your pure minds up by way of reminder. Everyone say reminder. That you may be, everyone say be mindful. Be mindful of the words. That means remember. Be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets of the commandments uh, of uh, the us, the apostles and Lord and Savior. Uh, and he just says, he's again, be mindful. Remember the word of God in this journey. Because your progress in this journey from this life to that life has a whole lot to do, uh, your success in this journey and your progress in this journey has a whole lot to do with what you know and who you know. Okay? And then he says in verse 3, knowing this first, there it is again, knowing this first. This is gnosko. This is to know absolutely, to have an absolute understanding, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they, what? Willfully forget. What does he say? He said, you need to know something about the life you're in. You need to know something about these last days. There's scoffers out there. And the reason there's scoffers, and especially in, in this day that Peter's 
writing this letter and the people who lived the life that he's lived, man, they saw him, they heard him. Jesus Christ, speak the word of God. It was more experiential to many of these people and it was the buzz of the, of, of the known world. And so scoffers arose and the reason they were able to arise is because they chose to forget what really happened. They willfully forget so here we see Peter, he is on a war path against forgetfulness and, and against ignorance when it comes to the things of God and the Word of God. Look in verse 8, he says this of that same chapter. He said, but beloved, do not forget. Everybody say, do not forget. He's, oh, let me just, oh, let me get, let me build this, this thought here. These scoffers are coming and saying, hey, he said he's coming back. He ain't coming back. What's the whole theme of these two letters? Jesus is coming back. This world's going to melt with a fervent heat. We're about to get to that part in a minute. The day of the Lord. The scoffers come and say, he ain't coming back. He didn't say that. He ain't coming back. He's going to say, he's coming back. And, and it says, uh, it says uh, they don't know and they don't remember the word of God, verse 5, for this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and into the sea, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with the water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. Uh, and so he, they don't understand. When they're saying it ain't happening, he's been saying this all the thing. He said, but this you better know and you better know absolutely. It is a gnosko to know absolutely, uh, or, or pardon me, yeah, a gnosko. You better know this. Everybody say you better know it. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Oh, I, I missed verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is as a, as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. You better know this. He said, everybody say, know this. He said, you better get this one down. Don't forget this one. That with the Lord, a day is a thousand years, a thousand years a day. In other words, time is not, hey... God's timing doesn't line up with our, our... God's eternal perspective and timetable has nothing to do with our temporary circumstances. It's on a totally different spectrum. So don't forget it. Everybody say, don't forget it. Now, look over in verse... Oh, four, we'll start in verse 14, 15, and 16. I'm just building this, this theme of things you need to know and who you know. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, speaking of the return of Jesus Christ, a new heaven and a new earth, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of scriptures. Now there's a lot there, but he's saying, let me tell you something. If you don't remember what I say, this is my pastor. Hey, remember what Paul said. It's, there's some things you need to remember about what he said. Interesting little insight. They've been twisting the scriptures ever since the scriptures were written. He said, man, they've been after, they've been after the validity of the word of God since the beginning of God's word was began to be penned by men. The Bible says all scriptures given by inspiration from God. That's in 2 Timothy 3.16, I believe. All scriptures given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for training, for correction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Everyone say inspiration. It, the Greek is theonoustos, breathed out of the nostrils of God. Listen, oh, I'm trying to hold it all up. This Bible right here is God's Word. And it's true and righteous altogether. Somebody say amen. 
And he said, they've been after it. They've been attacking it. You've got to remember. You've got to remember people, who, these prophets, Paul. You've got to remember them. Now, look in verse 17. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand. Now, here's a, here's a whole new word, and it's, it's self-defined. Prognosco, knowing something before it happens. Okay? Therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, that people have been twisting the Scriptures, false prophets have been after the validity of the Word of God to deceive and, and, and undermine. Since you know this already, you know it beforehand, hey, here's what you need to do. Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked. But grow in grace and not... Oh, here we go. Grow in grace and in the what? knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you see that theme just laced all through there? Hey, progress through this life into that life is fueled by what you know and who you know. Are you with me? Say amen. So, hold on to that theme, and just quickly we'll go back to chapter 3. And I'll fill in some gaps here. Uh, and I'll just, uh, I'll hit it. I'll, I'll, of course, I want you to read it uh, later, but uh, there's four thoughts here in this chapter 3. And it is this, uh, 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 pardon me, chapter 2. Chapter 2, uh, it, it's, where G, it's, it's, it's where Peter begins to warn about false prophets and false teachers. And here, he's on a war path. We talked about him being on a war path against forgetful nature of man. Now he's on a war path against the deception and the depravity of false teachers who endeavor to undermine the knowledge of God and thus stifle the progress of the people of God. In other words, let me warn you about these people who are trying to keep you from, from, from the knowledge that you need and the relational knowledge and the knowing of God and, the, and the, even the facts and the figures and the Scripture of the, of the Word of God. Let me warn you about these people, okay? And the first part is in verse 1 through 3. It's the destructive doctrine of false teachers. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. There's destructive doctrine that is available. And oh man, there's a lot of it today. You may not have be, uh, 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 be privy to some of it, but uh, there's a guy, let me just throw his name out, uh, Rob Bell. Anybody ever heard of Rob Bell? Rob Bell, let me just throw, I'll just throw it out. He was right here. He done gone nuts on us. I mean, he started right, and then all of a sudden, something happened. And man, now everybody's going to heaven. Nobody's going to hell. God loves everybody. And now he's, he and Oprah, they're all buddies. And, and, and they openly proclaim that, you know, uh, 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 gay lifestyle is, is not a sin and all this stuff. And I'm just going, what? Just openly denying the Word of God. And I'm telling you, that's what Paul's talking, uh, pardon me, Peter's talking about here. And it's very destructive. How many of you know a lot of people would like that kind of gospel? Everybody's saved. Well, hallelujah. Hey, God loves sinners. He does love sinners, but he hates the sin. God never gave his stamp of approval on homosexuality. Read Romans 1. Come on now. It is not there. And anybody who says it is, it's just not there. Hey, and whether you like him or don't like him, I'm going to tell you he's smarter than most people think. Old Phil Robertson uh, is a theologian. And when he said in his rough, crude, crass kind of way, I can't believe, he, he was biblically correct. <laughs> Are you with me? Say amen. It's destructive. And then verse 4 through 11, uh, he gives the doom of false teachers. There, and man, he starts talking about the judgment of God that was poured out on Sodom and Gomorrah and even in Noah's day. Basically, he's saying, if, if, hey, he showed himself this way, what do you think's in store for these folks? 
ultimately, they're going to pay. They're going to stand before God one day. We're all going to stand before God one day. And then, and then how many of you know when you are a deceiver and deceived, it will lead you to depravity. It won't lead you to holiness and righteousness. You look in verse 12 through verse 17, it's the depravity of false teachers, but these like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed speak evil, evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish at their own uh, corruption. And it starts talking about uh, their sinfulness and adulterous and, and immoral and covetous. Uh, they are accursed children. They are depraved because of the deception that they've fallen prey to. Deception will always lead you away from God and the righteousness of God. It will never lead you to God and the righteousness of God. It'll lead you away from it. And then verse 18, uh, he warns of the deception of the false teachers. He said, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. And that, that's who he's talking about when the one I read to you just a few moments ago, verse 21 and 22. For it would have been better for them not to have known, there it is, the way of righteousness, than to having known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, as a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow has washed, uh, returns to her wallowing in the mire and so here we see chapter one he explodes with knowledge and knowing him and then he warns about those who would try to keep you from knowing them and knowing what you need to know and then he comes back and in chapter three and hits it again and says man be mindful don't forget uh don't be like the scoffers who willfully forget uh you, you need to, and then he, even the last verse, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the, just the knowledge of him, the know who he is and what he does. And, and, and what does that do? Go back to chapter one. When you get more of that, what does it do? It releases divine power. Woo! Somebody say amen. It, you just don't get smarter. <laughs> When you get, when you know him, you have epignosis and then you get gnosis, knowledge of him, and you build on that in your life. It's going to, hey, you don't just get smarty britches and get a blue ribbon. You get divine power in your life. Boom. Somebody say shakalaka. My Lord Jesus. That's why I go to Bible study. Hallelujah. I'm feeling it right now. Divine power in my life. Look out. Be healed. And I'm feeling it. Because the more you know him and the more you know about him releases his divine attributes in and through your life. Whoo! Some people just... Some people go to church to get a goosebump. And they just want to feel his presence. Hallelujah. I love his presence. I feel his presence right now. You know where I feel his presence? When I get fired up about his word. <coughs> Let me just throw... Have you ever had seen a worship service in the New Testament where they sang for 45 minutes? They may have. Most of it was sing a new song, spontaneous worship. In other words, I'm not, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying the way they had church, the way we have church, nothing, nothing adds up really. It's just, it's just we've evolved and hey, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, you know what the, you know what their church was all about? The Word of God. In fact, Titus said, he manifests himself. I wish, I mean, let's go. I don't know if I can find it in time before we, before midnight. Timothy, Titus. <laughs> Titus, Timothy, Timothy, Titus. Titus. Uh, here we go. Uh, verse 3 of chapter 1. But has in due time manifest his word, which is what releases divine power in our life, manifested his word, through preaching, 
which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Listen, don't undermine the preaching and the teaching and the ministry of the Word of God. That's what Peter's saying here. Whoo, man, I know y'all all need an altar call. I get it. I know y'all need somebody to love on you and, and you need that fresh outpouring that you got in Acts and you just love those great times. But let me tell you what will get you from here to there. You know him, but you better know the facts about him because it will release divine power in your life. Amen. So with that in mind, very quickly, I'm going to give you eight things. It's 806. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to call it Peter's press in this letter, his press towards continued progress. Some things he, he uh, uh, and it has a whole lot to do with who we know and what we know. And here it is. There's some things we need to learn. There's some things we need to know. And there's some things uh, the, uh, that how we need to live. I'm going to go through this whole book. I'm going to give you eight things quickly. Number one, we need to learn to add. Everybody say learn to add. That's in chapter 1, verse 5. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control. we got to learn to add these things in our life. I may come back and hit some of this next week, but we got to learn to add. It doesn't just happen. How many of you know brotherly love is, is not just an emotion, it's something we add into our life? perseverance, self-control. It's all things that, that we, uh, you know, virtue. It's things we cooperate with. I thought the Holy Spirit was supposed to do all that. Well, He will if you cooperate. Okay? Everybody say you got to learn to add. Number two, another uh, one of Peter's points to press us towards spiritual progress is we got to learn to rehearse and review. In other words, don't ever get away from the basics. That's what he's saying in chapter 1 when he said, man, I know shortly I'm going to be gone, but I've been careful to ensure that, uh, that there's a methodology and a system of reminder to you about these things even after I'm dead. He said, and what's he saying is, never be afraid to review though and keep and re rehearse and review the foundational truths of God's Word in your life why? Because there's a whole boatload of false teachers and prophets out there trying to undermine it in the next moment. Okay? Learn to rehearse and review. Number three, learn to rely. I'm speaking of the Word of God. I hit it real strong there. And that's what he's saying. Man, you need to rely on what the Word of God says here. Don't just be looking for somebody to come and give you a goose bump. Get into the Word of God and let your own goosebumps come on you because of what you know, what you know the Bible says. Uh, learn to rely upon the written Word of God. It's inspired. It in, and that's what he's saying. Hey, the written Word trumps your experience all day long. And your experience, by the way, has to line up with what the Bible says. If what you experience... You see everything on Facebook these days, I you know, Africa, oh my gosh, I've seen too many. I, oh gosh, they're just messed up people in the world. I saw one, he had such power over these people. He commanded them all to run out. I saw the video, this is real stuff. He, he commanded them all to run outside and eat the grass because it was good for them. And hundreds of people ran out and started just chewing like cows on the grass. I'm going, my gosh, what's the world coming? Then one of my past, one of our Church on the Rock pastors posted a video uh, 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 on a pastor in, in Africa somewhere. He's telling his people, whatever you partake of can, will change into what you want. And he was telling them to eat this snake and it'll become chocolate. And they were eating the snake. Now we go, what in the world? You know where they people get that? They don't have a foundation of what the Bible says. They're believing some Yahoo who says he's talking, he's speaking for God. Listen, whoever says they're speaking for God, it better line up with the Word of God. And as far as snakes, they're staying under my feet. They're not going in my mouth. Amen? And grass is for the cows. <laughs> hey, and so 
you got to learn to rely on the Word of God. And then number four, here's another one of Peter's points to press us towards continued progress. Uh, it's know the signs of the end times. This is from that verse 3-3 where he says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Basically, you need to know this first. Hey, what you need to know, Gnosko, this is, you, you've got to know this knowledge. You've got to know this absolutely that, hey, the end time is going to be full of deception. It's going to be full of, uh, of, of, of goofball yahoos that you're just shocked that people follow them. But they do. Why? Because they, they don't know the truth. Are you with me? So you got to know the signs of the end time. And that's what he's telling them, man. In fact, verse 10 of chapter 3, I didn't read it. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away and with great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be in all holy conduct and godliness? So uh, you got to know uh, the signs of the times. And number five, he, he made a big deal about this one. Know God's timing. You understand God's timing is not your timing. Look at somebody and say, God's timing is not our time. How many of you know you think uh, God's late about half the time? How many of you believe, you know, you think God, he's just late. What's his problem? God, are you too busy? Are you late? Are you not? Hey, hey, listen, God's timing is never our timing. And he says, you better know, know this. In your journey, one thing, you've got to get this down because we are so, we are so TikTok minded, aren't we? Especially in the culture we live in, instant everything. Instant this, instant that. We just expect it to happen because we said so and because we gave a dollar. Instant this, instant that. Everything's just, you know, we live in that. And God, and Peter comes along and he says, listen, what you need to know is that God's not working on your timetable. It's just so far off from you. You can't, you can't comprehend his timetable because a day with the Lord's a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. You know what he's saying? Get off your timetable and get on God's timetable and trust that, hey, he's up to something. We don't know. Hey, nobody knows but God, but we need to be busy about the Father's business and stop trying to put God in a box with when he does something and when he doesn't do anything. Are you with me? No, God's timing is not our timing. That's some things you need to know. And if you know that, you won't get knocked off when it doesn't happen when you think it should have. You know, in some ways, I think God should have showed up a long time ago in some areas of my life or some areas of this church. But His timing's not my timing. Amen? That has a whole lot to do with who, what you know and who you know. And, and, and then finally, I'll give you three more. Who we know and what we know will impact how we live. It should. When you have epignosis of Jesus Christ, a heart knowledge, and you have gnosis of who He is through His Word that has produced and released supernatural power in your life, guess what it does? It changes the way you live. If you know his timing, the planet Earth is temporary. If you know that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, everybody go, dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So number six, Peter's point towards progress, is you got to live like Jesus is coming soon. He said, because Jesus is coming soon, you need to live a life that would reflect your understanding of that. In fact, Jesus gave parables of people who didn't think he was coming, and, uh, uh, and they, they, they were unfaithful, and they were parables. He would teach, teach about parables where people didn't think the master was coming and they were mean, crude, rude, and ugly and smoked and chewed with the go girls that do and went with all those things. And all of a sudden the master came back and went, what? Hey, they didn't think that. They, didn't, they weren't thinking the way they need to think about the life they were living. They didn't realize that, hey, the master's coming soon. And if you know the master's coming soon, what manner of persons ought we to be uh, living out our life in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? 
Wow. Live life like Jesus is coming soon. And another way to live because of the times we live in is we live life wary of the devil's devices. We need to always be watchful in this life. That's what he's saying to these people. Man, there's false prophets, false teachers out there everywhere. They willfully forget what you and I know to be true. And they are out doing their, their, their due diligence. And he says, you therefore, verse 17, beloved, since you know this beforehand, you already know this, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked. You know what he told, he said about them? You're already established in this present truth. And let me tell you something. Nobody is immune from deception. You think, not him, not me, not we, not thee. Peter says, you need to beware that this influence is so stout that, it, that, that if you're not careful, you will fall from your own steadfastness. Being led away with the error of the wicked. And then finally, what we know and who we know should impact how we grow in our life. It's to live a life in constant growth mode. Look what he says in verse 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Live in constant growth mode. From this, from this life to that life, the more you know, the more you grow. Everybody say, the more I know, the more I grow. As I grow in grace, listen, uh, unmerited favor. How many of you want to grow in grace, that unmerited favor from God? I certainly do. And the more I know about him, the more I know about his grace and, and his knowledge of who he is. And hey, I'm going to grow. Be in constant growth mode. See, what we know and who we know ought to affect the way we live on our life on planet Earth. Amen. Whoo! That was a mouthful. So, progress from this life into that life is fueled, energized by who you know, my epignosis, and what you know. The, the gnosis of who God is and what His Word says. Amen? Releases divine power in our lives. Amen. Whoo! Everybody say, I love the Lord. So I challenge you in this journey, keep growing in the grace of God. Add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge. Listen, Christian folk shouldn't talk like the world. Christian folk shouldn't live like the world. Christian folk shouldn't act like the world. That's what he said. Because you know this, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct? Amen. Ooh, I'm done. Everybody said amen. Are y'all mesmerized or asleep? Or? You're not asleep, are you? Jeremy, you're not asleep back there. Okay, he's not. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand up together. Glory, 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 glory. Lord, help us know more about you and know you more. Let's just pray that however we want. Help us know more about you and know you more, Lord. We know the promises of God. Lord, you've given us exceeding great and precious promises that by them we can escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. We know, Lord, that your divine power is released in us through the gnosis, the knowledge of God. Lord, based and built upon our epignosis, our, our relational knowledge of you. And Lord God, we just, we just embrace this reality. Lord, and we want to keep moving forward in life. So Lord, there's more we need to know. 
about you, and we need to know you more. And so help us build a life and add to our faith virtue and add these ingredients of, of, of kingdom uh, business into, into our personal walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. God bless you tonight. I hope you enjoyed.